Eins. Two. Trois. Vier. Five. Okay, and we're good. Rock and roll. I almost forgot how to say five then. You guys all threw <laughs> 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 I, I should have thrown in Irish. Sorry. <laughs> Do you know all the numbers it's in Irish? It's uh, a, yeah. a door, right? Yeah, I I had the Bewitched album when I was a kid. There and you go. Because <laughs> like the greatest yeah. ambassadors our country has ever known. And there was, a, there was like a little quiz thing they did at the end. Uh, like, how do you say one in Irish? I hate it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> say la Yeah, I was All thinking right. the same thing. <laughs> so here we go. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Tales of Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Janine, and I'm joined here today back again with my good friends and cast. Hello, I am Erica, and I am playing Maeve McKenzie. I am Fabio, and I'm playing Connor O'Leary, mysteriously gifted explorer of the occult. <laughs> oh, we're Ooh. giving descriptors now. Oh, now yes. I am. <laughs> well, you I'm know. On a roll. If we add that into the format, that's going to be the format every time now. Tagline, tagline, tagline. I think that's fun. Good. If you, so, pressure, tagline. Whoa. Well, <laughs> no one else has to do it if you don't want to. That's fine. Uh, just, yeah. I, I, can just, I can just record one, one without as well. Let's hear it. Okay, record your, <laughs> yours again. Uh, hi, I'm Erica, and I'm playing Maeve McKenzie, your liaison to the dead. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, it's me now. <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Charles. <laughs> I, I play Jack. Um, currently out of thoughts. That doesn't surprise me. Oh, 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 I have another one. Uh, I'm Fabio, and I play Connor Connor O'Leary, buxom disco diva. <laughs> You're not supposed to give all your tags in this one. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to record a few while I'm on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here we go. But also, mine's probably going to be the same every time. That's fine. Oh. Take it away, Mikey. <laughs> you don't need a tagline if you don't want uh, it. I'm Mike, and I am playing Lloyd. The, just Lloyd. The, just Lloyd. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was actually your thing in, in the first session when you were all learning names. Lloyd. Just Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> so, for today's intro, I would like to know a memorable Vesan encounter that each of your guys had sometime in their lives. Okay. Um, I just thought of this and I had to like check the dates to make sure it would work. But Maeve encountered a Vesan at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. Uh, Sphinx. Oh. That tried to get her to solve riddles. <laughs> <laughs> How old was Maeve at this time? She would have been a teenager, I'm guessing, like at the art museum with her her parents. And of course, they didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, she was in the Egyptian exhibit and 
ended up being singled out by the Sphinx because she could tell what it really was and nobody else could, which, of course, then preoccupied her for several hours trying to solve riddles and her parents were very frustrated that they could not get her out of said exhibit. <laughs> I've got this image of like moody teenager may have been like, fuck off and serve your, uh, solve your own riddles. <laughs> she wasn't mean. <laughs> Just it took her a while to solve. They were not easy riddles. Oh, but she solved them. Not all of them. What was what was one of them? Can you give us an example? <laughs> you give me an example of a riddle. <laughs> this is asking too much of Erica right now. <laughs> you can answer me my riddles three. What is your favorite color? Here, here. Better <laughs> yet, better yet, listeners, tell me what riddles she had to solve. I'm sure you can think of good ones. Mm, so th- submit them to our Twitter, mm. and we'll make Erica answer them. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. What have I done to myself? No, no. And she has to answer them in a teenage voice. You mean I don't sound like a teenager now? You sound like a sophisticated, well thought out young woman, but no longer a teenager. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> so, how did Maeve uh, shirk off this Sphinx in the end? How did she, like, get it to leave her alone? Her parents dragged her away. That <laughs> man! Like forcibly dragged her away. They may or may not have needed the help of the museum security. (laughs) Is Maeve still still allowed to go to the museum? She hasn't tried. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) She's a little afraid of that Sphinx now. Are there consequences for not answering of Sphinx's riddles? Probably. Maybe she's cursed. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Yeah. (laughs) Nod to the GM. We are totally not making notes. You should make notes. Use them against me, please. I've been I've been collecting together all the notes from the last session. I can go. Yeah. Uh, while campaigning in Europe, Connor once saw a troll eat Lord Wellington's luggage. <laughs> oh my! Very oh memorable. My. And what did Lord Wellington have to say about it? He well, he didn't know it was a troll that did it. Sure. He blamed uh, his Batman um, for, for for losing or for eating losing it? it for losing it for losing it. And uh, yeah, he had to wear the same britches for two weeks. <gasps> God forbid! I know, right? <laughs> his collars were filthy. <laughs> <laughs> and did the troll seem to enjoy it? Uh, yeah, trolls usually usually quite like luggage. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, what did it look like? Uh, what the troll looked like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the luggage. The Well, the luggage was about... <laughs> hang on, l- let me describe something and then you guess whether it was the luggage <laughs> or the troll. <laughs> it was about 12 foot high. <laughs> it smelled of fish and socks. And uh, <laughs> um, so the troll was about 12 foot high, I think. I was about to say, I couldn't tell at that point whether we were still talking about the luggage <laughs> or the troll. It could have gone either way. Um, just trollish. I mean, what you'd expect, your typical underbridge troll, big kind of bulky. Well, I don't think our listeners face. have the sight, so. Mm. Uh, so I'd say about 12 foot, big hulking brow, gray skin with like lumps all over. Some of it's muscle, some of it's you don't know what it is. Um, and dressed uh, uh, in rags and thinking of whatever the underside of a bridge thinks of. 
Are they uh, lanky or are they chunky? No, they're chunky. Oh, interesting. Bridge bridge trolls are usually chunky because they have to fit under the bridge. Forest trolls are lanky because they have to reach the top of trees. <laughs> Voila. Troll evolution right there, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Wow. Do they wear shoes? Uh, trolls do not usually wear shoes. It's very difficult to get their size. <laughs> what size shoe are they? About 124. <laughs> Is that European or? or it's a European size, yeah, European 124. Trolls. I was going to say, if that's a US size, that's a quite large shoe. <laughs> and and what, did, uh, what did Connor think as he was watching this go down? Uh, I think he was thinking, thank God it's not my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely didn't do anything to interfere. No, or... what's he going to do? It's exactly. a fucking troll. <laughs> <laughs> and just imagining Connor like sitting on a Also on no a one hill. else could see it. <laughs> I'm imagining Connor just sitting on a hill, observing this happening, being like, hmm... It, it lasted long enough for him to smoke a pipe while he was watching. <laughs> Listen, I'm disappointed you didn't have an encounter with a leprechaun. Uh, first of all, ouch, racist. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, we'll get to that on a subsequent occasion. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all we know, you may have met a leprechaun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, know. The question was a memorable Vason uh, encounter, not the not most. Not an memorable well, no, I don't know. <laughs> and, and. <laughs> so, with the, with the, when the luggage was being eaten, what? So, what? Oh, yeah. This is a, this is a general question. Like, what? That that took what forty minutes? Yeah, you're asking how did no one else see this? Yeah, yeah. What, what did they see if, the, if well, someone that's looks at the, the luggage? Thing we're facing, like, but, people but I think have, what he means is, was the luggage floating in the air yeah, it as it's being munched on by a truck? No, it wasn't, because other people don't see what's going on. That includes the actions that are being undertaken by the basin. There's like a, a magical haze around them that people without the sight can't see through. Ah, I see. Mm. It's not that people with the sight are seeing something that otherwise isn't there in this plane of reality. They're seeing through a mask. Ah, that's, that's a good way Connor's of it. understanding of it, at least. I think that's a very good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And that poor Batman, I bet he got into a lot of trouble. He got battered. It was terrible, t- terrible uh, um, HR problems in the British Army in the 1800s. <laughs> Just the 1800s. <laughs> uh, particularly the 1800s, I think. The Industrial Revolution really made things <laughs> much more grim. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, uh, great. Uh, <clears throat> oh, let me get my accent. Uh, Jacques, Jacques, Jacques. So uh, uh, Jacques has been on, on, on many boats uh, traveling, and, and when he finally got the sight, um, he was curious, curious. to fi- This is the, We're getting deep, deep into the psyche of Jacques uh, right now. Uh, oh, this, and we're only on episode three, I know, Charles. I know, it's terrible, it's terrible. Uh, but uh, uh, Jacques fancied the idea of silence. He thought that would be, uh, his pubescent mind thought that would be exciting. Um, and it was on one of the boat rides when he was actually uh, traveling uh, across the Mediterranean uh, from Africa, this time to Spain, it was. Uh, and he believes he finally got to see uh, a couple of signs. And he got very excited and he he was like almost falling off the uh, ledge of the boat. 
And um, sorry, did you did you say sirens? Yeah, sirens. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Si- si- sirens. Yeah. Well, I, okay. and what did I say? <laughs> I, I, heard, said I, heard, I heard signs, but yeah. I, I no, get you signs. What is this? Uh, is this mic working? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I get you now. Um, yes, uh, uh, Jacques was a little disappointed. Uh, now, whether these were indeed signs or not, uh, maybe. But he thought naked fish folk would be really hot. Um, and he only saw them from a distance and it was in the Mediterranean. It was late some afternoon, but it is something that has stuck with him for a very long time that, uh, don't, don't, don't believe your, your, uh, your childhood visions, uh, of, of Vaisen. They're, uh, they're probably different. So what's Jacques' image of sirens now that he believes he's seen them from a distance? Uh, they're, they're, they're very much more fishy. <laughs> <laughs> but is and it fish terrifying. on the top or on the bottom? Uh, no, it's it's kind of like all over. Uh, it's it's all over fish. It's it's it looks more like a. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I th- I think he was expecting naked people that were swimming really fast, and he was like, "Great, that sounds hot." Uh, and when he finally got to see it, it ended up being uh, merman or mer mermolk mer merfolk merfolk. Yeah, very much more fishy, uh, less less manlike, and and um, less hot. Yes, and 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 really, that's that's something to do with Jacques. You know, inner psychology and his pubescent uh, thoughts. You know, at times uh, that's that's not that's not a reflection on on science. <laughs> that is definitely a thread we're going to have to pull out later. <laughs> <But> I, yes, <laughs> yeah, Jacques' associations with fish mm. going in the notebook. Mm-hmm. Were they more fishy on top or on the bottom? Well, one more time, they were just fishy all over, and he thought they were going to be more naked all over. He thought they were going to be, you know. Do you know fish are technically naked? I, I yes, no, no, clearly, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> But but Jack had Jack had an image of like ideal human, you know, like people that just happen to be in the water, you know, like he thought he was gonna be like, oh, naked chests, uh, naked, naked, naked <laughs> breasts, just a lot of. He, he, so he's expecting the top half to be human rather no, he, than the bottom he, half. To he be was human. expecting the whole thing to be human. He really Where's thought just, just with come in? <laughs> but he didn't think it through, did he? He just thought, oh, hot people that like convince you to go diving into the water and, and, and you know, drown. They gotta be crazy hot. Oh, yes. And then he sees them and he sees them from a distance and he sees they look like fish. Why? <laughs> this is really trouble, Jacques. Now, it was a memorable, vacant <laughs> experience. Was it positive? I, I maybe it was a growth time for Jacques. Let's be honest. Did he get funny feelings when he goes past the fishmongers these days? Oh, Not no. anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. He had to take a real look inside. You know, just it's what too was bad he really they can't expected? see our faces right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. In fact, that's gonna the full that full thing is gonna be a post credit. <laughs> no, that's the intro. That's my intro. That's your whole intro. <laughs> All 20 minutes of it. <laughs> right. What was the question that we're answering? A memorable vision encounter that you had. Lloyd, how about you? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this one, the, the most memorable one, or a memorable one. A memorable one. A memorable we, we one. Don't Definitely have... not the most memorable one. I was going to say, if the most memorable one is redacted, we don't have to talk about it. No, 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 who's that? <laughs> um... So there was this one time when he was a teenager and he ran with the burners. There was a, 
Uh, Every time you say the burners, I think of Burning, burning Man, Man people. Okay. Just that image in my head is pretty funny. <laughs> Wait, half of my circle of friends there in Berlin are all burners. <laughs> so immediately where my mind went as well. <laughs> Sorry, please continue, Lloyd. So, yeah, when he ran with the burners, there was one time there was some beef between two of the between their gang and a, and a rival London gang. Who are called the. <laughs> <laughs> They're called Search, apparently. The, uh, the g- Green Row Bandits. It's <laughs> a very, very London name. <laughs> Are they bandits? <laughs> They're bandits. Oh, bandits. Bandits. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they were they were in the they met in the alley or whatever, and there was a big tussle. There was a fight, and before anyone knew it, they were all on the ground. They'd been beating beating the fuck up. And the only one that ever seen what happened, obviously, was Lloyd because of the sight. Uh, there was four um, green skinned goblinoids that burst forth from the sewer, no less. Um, <laughs> And, and and beat the shit out. There would there was a whole week where where this was this weird stuff was happening, and everyone all these gangs were getting proper done in by these four goblinoids, teenage goblinoids, um, and the only thing that was left at the scene was uh, was an empty pizza box. Pie, pie, <laughs> no, 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 don't be silly. Don't be silly. Pizza doesn't exist in Victorian London. It was a pie wrapper. <laughs> Like a meat pie wrapper. Yeah, with anchovies. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and did they all carry like strange and foreign weapons that like said Victorian Londoners had never seen before? Yeah, one of them had a crutch. The Another one had a butter knife. <laughs> another one had a, it was like a wheel that had been, like a cartwheel that was snapped in places and he, and he wielded it like like uh, b- 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 brass knuckles. So most important question, did they all have colored bandanas as well? Um No, they had colorful togas. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Teenage mutant ninja goblinoids. <laughs> Confirmed for Tilted London. And as they jumped back into the sewers, they all exclaimed, Cor, blimey. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Wow. So, let's let's recap last session. After receiving an ominous, anonymous request to look into mysterious happenings at a local museum, our crew of investigators set up across London to look into the matter. Their journey was cut short after reaching Westminster, however, when they found themselves stuck in an anti-imperialist rally organised by one Miss Molly Fletcher, leader of the all-female gang, the Lotties and Totties. In exchange for passage, Molly requested the crew give her intel on their findings from the museum. Upon arrival at the destination, they found outside Sir Percival Cornelius Prattleton, haughty 17th century hipster and member of the SSPP, 
a large organization of aristocrats with a deep interest in the paranormal, and some of whose members appeared to hold a grudge against our heroes. This terse encounter was cut short by the arrival of another seemingly more friendly SSPP member, Admiral Millicent Barrington Hardgreaves, who left Connor in quite a fluster and warned the investigators that Lord Winford, an SSPP leader and bitter rival of Connor's, was already inside on investigation. With this warning in mind, our investigators finally made their way through the door to the museum ready to discover the creatures and mysteries that lurk within the Belgrave Square Museum. Okay, so if there's no questions, I can hand these out to you. For this museum, I've hand-drawn you all maps. Mm. How cute! Um, for each room, there is a description for you. And for each number, which is an exhibit in that room, which I also have a description for. So you can ask, as you step into each location, please let me read the description for you. And then just tell me as like, but please, as you role play, tell me that what you're approaching and I'll read you what the, what the descriptions are. <laughs> From where we left off last time. The grand ornate doors open into a wide lobby area with dark wooden panellings and various old paintings on the wall. In front of you is a long reception desk behind which you can see a troubled looking man around 50 years old. You can tell from his clothing he's probably a guard here. There are doors leading to the east and the west and behind the reception the north wall opens up into like a larger well-lit exhibit hall. There's also a sign next to the desk listing the current exhibits. And I will send you a picture of the man you see at the reception desk. Magnifique. Très bien. Très bien. <laughs> it's an addictive song. Oh la la, look at this fella. Open original. Zoom, enhance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks good he looks familiar to me like I've seen this photo before Papi is that you? Father? <laughs> <laughs> um so the man looks to be about uh, he's yeah, he's in the 50s so he has uh, grey hair mutton chops he's quite rotund has a bit of a red face he looks a bit sweaty uh, he's wearing a guard uniform um, he has a general air of seeming quite ner nervous. Uh, he looks quite a bit unsettled and he hasn't actually noticed you as you come in. And uh, he's kind of um, just sitting behind the reception and looking a little bit frazzled. Um, Connor will stride forward purposefully and uh, with the end of his cane, he'll rap on the table. Well, like staring straight at this guy until he returns his... Thank you, Charles. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I, I do beg your pardon, sir. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but the uh, museum's closed today. I give him another rap with the uh, the uh, cane, and I'll say, um, uh, "Of course, it's closed. We're, we're here to do an investigation. We are our colleagues of the SSPP are already inside and awaiting our arrival." Uh, oh, I, I wasn't expecting no more. Of course you weren't. Why would anyone tell you? Um, y yeah, all, all, all right, sir. 
C- can I can I help you? You can lead the way. To to where, sir? Well, where wherever the action is happening, of course. <laughs> well, um. Oh, don't worry about it, man. And I'll, Connor will then stride around the the desk and come right behind him and continue walking straight forward towards the. So you're heading into the north. The, yeah, okay. to the north. Uh, Maeve will like politely nod to this guy who's probably really taken aback by Connor and follow Connor into the main hall. Lloyd, uh, actually, I I think Lloyd, this seems to be a man of the people. Maybe you can get a little bit of the uh, behind the scenes information from him. Uh, Yeah, I can try. And then I usually walk on following uh, my two companions compatriots mm-hmm. uh excuse me sir our uh, our colleagues that were here before us they um didn't leave us much information see we, we were caught up on the street and we, we lost our telegram is it as a telegram a thing i i feel like i'm a bit in the future here <laughs> <laughs> no it definitely no, is your your fucks have a telegraph machine great mm-hmm. then the motion carries <laughs> <laughs> wondering if you could uh fill us in a bit have you have you, have you uh, had much of a dealing with them you know where they've added what they came here for? Uh, we were what, called on a on a dime, you see. Well, yeah, they 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 was called they, <laughs> they was called in to uh, investigate the strange happenings. It's a it's an echo of a thing, I tell you. I've been here several years now, and whew, first time I I really seen anything happening here. Could you tell me some more? Could you be a bit more detailed? Strange things. We, we see strange things on a daily basis, so... Well, for, for me, they ain't been nothing for for years. And then some of the staff all started leaving, saying things were, things were not right. But I never saw nothing. And then a few nights ago, I, I started to feel cold spots around the museum, right? And, and I heard... I heard some terrible things and uh, uh, things were maybe missing and moved the next day but I, I'll put it out of my mind but then but then last night oh it, it kind of looks around conspiratorially takes a flat uh, like a takes a swig from a flask mops his brow and he says I swear to god right I even I even heard the sound of hoofs going through the holes. Cold spots, funny noises. Oh, yeah. You've got a textbook on in here. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a job and for I, me. Sounds like it, and I, I never put no stocking on that stuff, right? But, well, I heard all that stuff on the street, right? About about the, uh, about the artifacts, right? And then it, it, it won't right to have them here. And now, I'm starting to wonder if, uh, maybe they's angry or something. Oh, yeah, something's definitely angry. I might fucking give you a bit of advice. I might, I might head out of here while you got a chance. These hauntings, they often turn sour. <laughs> Your accent is just... <laughs> love it. Uh, I, I, I think, I, I'm thinking I might have to, but... There's only, there's only three of us left now. Well, you know, 
gather your, gather your comrades. Might be a good time to jump on that socialism train, eh? And he gives him a wink. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, I'm an old man. Uh, there ain't much more I could be doing. But uh, guarding's all I know now. Well, you know what you could guard? You could guard your rights as a free working Briton. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a protest happening outside right now. I'm sure that could use the help of someone in uniform. Oh, I, uh... Don't... I don't think the Lord would like that. I, uh... i got to keep an eye on... i got to... i got to keep an eye on things here. Oh, between you and I, stuff your Lord. Stuff them all. <laughs> you must, uh... You must have, uh... Right courage to say so, sir. It's not my courage. It's those that stand all b- beside me. You've seen the numbers of people out there. There's more like you and I. You're not alone. <laughs> but you will be if you stay here, probably. I don't know. Well, I've, I've seen a number of hauntings in my time. but mm. And again, between you and I, they don't often actually get solved. So <laughs> you, can, you can take your chances or you can, uh, can bugger wow. off. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Is that from Lloyd's personal experience? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lloyd's such a pessimist. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll certainly think about that. But um, in the meantime, you uh, you take care of yourself, yeah? As you're looking around and, and if I can help you with anything, um, do let us know. Of course, of course. Uh, now, um, if you would, where are our colleagues then? Oh, um, these are uh, in the Roman exhibit. Jolly good. All right, then, we'll be off. Won't bother you anymore. You get back to uh, whatever it was you're doing. All right, right you are. Thank you. Garden's stolen treasures of the upper classes is what he's doing. <laughs> wait, wait, where did he say? They're in, he said that they're in the Roman exhibit. Roman exhibit. Uh... Does anybody know where the uh, Roman exhibit is? No, because I haven't. You haven't asked. You didn't ask what was on the list of exhibits, yeah, and I haven't idea. told you where you are yet. So, oh, yeah. bar. <laughs> I figured a, a confident trade in was the best way to get yeah, there. Yeah. So, we're, so we're in the main hall. So you're in the main hall. I didn't um, have a, so, so a obviously passes on that information. Lloyd, yeah. did Lloyd go to join them in the in the main hall? Yes. Okay. Does Lloyd tell Maeve that they've been seeing ghosts, basically? Oh yeah, yeah. Everything, um, everything. Let he me, told me let me describe the room first, and yeah, then you yeah, can do your conversation. It. So, so you enter through the south entrance, and as you do the room, the room opens up into a large airy exhibit hall. There's a slightly sepia tinted light coming down and brightening the room from the huge dome sitting over the center. There's uh, display cases along each wall, boasting many beautiful, colorful pieces and intricate bronze statues of unusual gods and creatures. But these are most certainly go unnoticed at first glance, as in the center of the room, on the north side of a large circular dais, stands what appears to be a taxidermied elephant wearing head-to-toe plate armor. I have a picture up somewhere. Whoa. What's with the uh, stormtroopers on top of it? It is cool. I have seen that. So this is not, in fact, a truck, <laughs> which is what I thought about. I was like, why would there be a truck here? It definitely like, looks like an elephant. 
Oh, it's, it's an elephant. It's even it, got it, tusks. It absolutely looks like an elephant now when I, when I look at it properly. You're making me doubt my drawing skills. <laughs> no, 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 it's great. This is quite well drawn. It is. Thank you very much. It's Thank very you. symmetrical. Lavish me with praise. It's very symmetrical. <laughs> Can I ask you now, have any of us been in this museum before? I think that you guys should answer that question. Maeve has not. I would be surprised if Connor had not been here. I would I would say that it's because it's a small museum. It's a private collection. Um, it's not as well known. Oh, okay. It's not as well known as like the big British museum and such, but um, it is open to the public. It's mostly known by people from wealthier, from wealthier standing. It is known by name. I don't know how many people frequent it, but it's known by name because this is the place where the few artifacts um, from the Boudicca um, excavation is now kept. Right, okay. So is the if museum you, free for the public or do they have to pay? I mean, in general, I think they would probably have to pay. Yeah, this is Victorian London. I'll probably have to pay. Um, so probably some people haven't seen it because they can't pay for it. It, it, it might it might be a question of, of I think publicly owned museums are free mm-hmm. and the privately owned yeah that's, so that's exactly what I was gonna say it might be a question of, of private collections mm-hmm. versus public and since museums. this is a private collection it's definitely not free mm-hmm. okay so the, the the museum is known mm-hmm. um it's known for housing the Boudicca uh, remains and then the rest of the exhibits are things from the owner's private collection okay in that case I think Connor would certainly have been here mm-hmm. at least once before um something of such important military historical significance I don't think he would have missed so uh, but, I would, but I would say maybe you haven't been here since the Indian exhibit was brought in mm-hmm, absolutely um, because that's been here for maybe I'm going to say three weeks yeah no four way. weeks um which is just to say that I Connor would stop just inside the entrance of this hallway to wait for Lloyd, because he knows that that was going down. Like, this is how we get into places. If it's a working class guy, Lloyd does the talking. You're now, you're now in this, uh, the room with the Indian exhibits. Mm -hmm. Take it away. Yes, so Lloyd shares all that information about the hoofs noises and the other noises and the cool spots, you know, typical of hauntings, I'm sure. Did Um, he say where the cold spots are specifically? Uh, nothing specific on that, but I know we can find our friends in the Roman exhibit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to see if there are any cold spots in this room. Maeve is going to wander around specifically looking for spots that are cold. (laughs) Okay. Um, So make me a check. A what check? I actually do need my GM screen because it's got my cheat sheet on it. (laughs) Would this be an investigation? Investigation check, yeah. Okay. So I need... Do you have a talent that helps? No. Plus four, that's six. I'm gonna roll this. Yeah. So if you're looking for like supernatural phenomenal. Um I don't think the medium trait gives me a so in, boost it, to investigation specifically. Yeah, so or it, we just in creating your dice pool you use your talent, your ability and your skill. If you have a talent that's applicable, yeah. Yeah, a medium, yeah, I'm right. arguing, would probably be applicable. Um, do you want to look it up in the book, what medium does? Because I thought medium was for channeling spirits. Yeah, that's what I thought. Too. Oh, which is what I thought you were kind of doing. You were kind of... No, I'm looking for cold spots. Do we have, like, ghost-detecting tools, like in Phasmophobia? Do we have EMF reader and, like, no. smelling salts and shit? All I have is a tarot deck. 
Uh-huh. I'm gonna say that you don't have them as of yet because this is your intro arc. Um, but because we are living in a divergent slash advanced timeline, um, there is definitely the chance that you might know somebody who's it's developing a, such uh, things. Oh, the lady said she was doing experiments. That Admiral, that's pretty dope. Observation to be formed, seances. Okay, no, specifically seances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Maeve, regular would you like to investigation. Roll yeah. I have two successes. Hmm. Okay. Well, with your two successes, you're going to get something extra. Ooh. So, the first thing that you get is you cannot detect any cold spots in this room. Got it. What you do find, however, underneath one of the cabinets as you're looking around, you open, you peek out Which of your cabinet? eye as you you peek out of one eye as you're looking around and you notice something hidden underneath one of the cabinets. Can I pull it out? Or yes. is it stuck? You can pull it out, and it is a saucer of milk. Wow. Is there a cat nearby? Do you want to roll for cat sense? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what would cat sense be? Uh, That's a is there one for perception, for listening? No, I'm kidding. There's no, there are no cats. Why would there be milk here? Is this an offering? They do that. Don't think it's milk, but they put out sources for rats in some temples in India. But don't they do that in Scotland for the fairies too? I don't know. <laughs> I know about the rats because I like rats. <sighs> of course, I also like rats. Uh, Maeve will bring the bowl of milk to her friends and, and kind of like, does this mean anything to you? Uh, thank roll, you, Ivy. Roll Ten. for agility to tell me if you spill any of it. Really? No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead, Jacques. No, uh, thank you. I'm quite fine. No, thanks. I'm not offering it to you. I'm saying, do you know what this is for? I found it underneath a cabinet. I will stick my finger in it and smell it too. It's quite fresh. And it is, in fact, milk. It is, in fact, milk. Yummy, creamy, fresh milk. I'm going to ask the man at the reception desk then. Okay. Excuse me, sir. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yes, miss. I found this bowl of milk underneath one of the cabinets in the exhibit. He turns around and he peers, and then he goes, Ah, oh, she's at it again. It's that, uh, it's that cleaner, Miss Milner. Why would she be leaving bowls of milk underneath the cabinets? I don't know. She's, uh, I don't think she's all there, you know? But uh, she does a good job with the cleaning, so uh, everyone just tended to let her do her own thing, even though she might be a bit kooky. Is she superstitious? I never thought to ask her that, miss. Hmm. All right, well, I guess I'll return this where I found it. It is a tad unnerving, that, though. As he starts, as the, the cogs slowly start whirring in his head, and he's like, is that not a... Uh, is that not... Is that not what they leave out for fairies? Or Scotland. other things? Yeah. Like he starts sweating a little bit and he's like, Are you okay, sir? Oh God, Miss Milner, what have you been playing at? And he just kind of like drifts away and he's like just staring at the desk like, Oh my God. Are you all right? You look like you've seen a ghost. 
I've been working the night shift here the last, last three days, miss. I feel like I have seen a ghost. I ain't seen nothing, but I've certainly been feeling and hearing stuff. I see. Do you have a name? Oh, yeah. Blessed by my mother, I, I was. Uh, name's, name's Baker, Henry Baker. Nice to meet you, Mr. Baker. I'm uh, going to go talk to your cleaner, okay? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure where she is, but she'll be about. Miss? Mackenzie. <laughs> Mackenzie, right, right, right. And like, you imagine that he might have been like writing that down and like he reaches for like a notepad and then just kind of drifts. Hmm. Okay, she will turn on her heel and march back into the main exhibit hall and put the milk back where she found it for now. I would like to... Um, first, I, I, I would like to briefly... Take in what are each of these numbered ex- exhibits you have that are in this room, and then mm-hmm. on on my as I walk toward the elephant. Uh, okay, so do you want to just read me a number, and I'll read it for you? Uh, four to begin with, I suppose. So uh, these uh, these cases, there's several cases displaying delicate carvings and bronze statues of various deities. I have a picture of one such. These come from the website of the Museum of New Delhi. So these are actual artifacts. And I'm going to send you a picture of one and read you the little card, the text card that is explaining what this is. Uh, I think, is it this one? So the little, uh, there's a little card underneath next to this one particular one that stands out and it says, Elegant statue of Krishna dancing on the serpent hood of Kaliyanaga, set on a pedestal with four holes on each corner, suggesting it was for temple processions. Krishna makes the gesture of protection for all, and the Kaliya holds its hands in the sign for respect and worship. Um, as as Connor is is glancing at these and passing by, probably these are. Uh, are would these be part of the? The exhibition that's only been here for three weeks, or would he have yes. seen these last time he was here? No, this whole exhibit hall that you're in now is all the new collection. Oh, okay. All right, well, in that case, he probably spent a, a bit more time looking at things uh, rather than just glass and glancing at them as he passes by. Um, uh, as, as Connor is looking at these, anyone who's close by can probably hear him muttering under his breath about how these, uh, these artifacts belong in their own, in their homeland and this is just a, a celebration of thievery and banditry on a national scale. And he will walk over to number five, please. Okay, picture. Also, if the other characters have commentary at the same time, please go ahead while I prep stuff. Well, you see, Connor, all our lords are a bunch of tea leaves. And spices, no? Not sure what you mean by that, but... <laughs> Spices. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Did you not count? Did you not? Never mind. <laughs> so, tell us what tea leaves means. Tea leaves means thieves. 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 All oh, right. Okay. Oh, Nave does not. <laughs> Nave does not understand the Cockney at all. <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> I like the idea that Lloyd kind of just does it on purpose to wind to wind you all up <laughs> to wind the American up. Thanks. Yeah. All right. 
Thanks, so, I hate it. Uh, in this section, uh, the it's the main case on the south side of the dais, and there's a very elegant mount uh, inside with a large ornate sword. And uh, the placard for this says, a single-edged sa- a single-edged shamshir. Uh, made from fine watered steel. The blade is covered in golden letters with Arabic verses written in the Nasc script. I hope I pronounced that right. Calligraphically, this inscription is one of the best examples of its kind. The blade is also beautifully decorated with figures of fish, a tiger and a deer, and floral and creeper designs all in gold. It's very nice. Do any of these, are any of these, these are all behind glass, these exhibits? Yes, this is in the main case. So some of them are not in display cases, but this is. Okay. And in the cases number three? Behind door number three, uh, these cases are filled with piles of beautiful ornate jewels and jewelry. Ooh. You reckon these are on loan, or are they supposed to be added to the permanent collection here? I don't think these people borrow things. Maybe nods. She's not going to argue that point. So there's one particular, um, in the center of this case, there's one particular it's item of note. Uh, it's And the um, the note next to it says, open work talk necklace with sapphires of various colors, at least 100, set in gold, worked in very intricate floral patterns and bearing beautiful decorations of peacocks on either side. It is said to have been handed down for generations as a wedding gift for brides through various families of the Mughal Empire. That's something, isn't it? It's beautiful. Um, does Connor does Connor know anything about this? I wonder. Hmm. Probably not. No. About Indian jewelry specifically. It's unlikely. It's unlikely. <laughs> it to be seems honest like with a you. very niche <laughs> yeah. thing to know as an Irish soldier. Yeah, it is. He, I, I think he would spend some time looking at that because the details are fascinating. Um, and what's number two? Hold on, I was going to say, uh, whilst Connor is looking at those, Jacques, what are you looking at? Good question. Uh, I think Jacques is... Uh, Jacques is pleasantly walking around the room. Uh, uh, he has a smile on his face as if to say there is no worries in the world. Whether that smile is sincere or not, I'd let you decide. But Jacques is, is uh, amusingly looking at, at the pieces, uh, not showing any any facial expressions whatsoever. I will say, though, if if you want to get Jacques' uh, true opinion about all this stuff, uh, you'll have to confront him. Uh, you'll have to have a character confront him. Jacques, Jacques, being the dandy, must always show pleasantries. Uh, and, and is neutral? Neutrality? Yes, always neutral, always neutral, always pleasantry. Uh, it takes. Not very unfrench of you. No, but it, it's. <laughs> yes, that's true. It takes a little bit to get him out. But it's also because uh, he needs to navigate in a world that is not his own. So. Yeah, fair. He must stay afloat. A flute. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll, let's let's go on to the next number, and then so I can start so putting things next? together. Um, let's see, that was number. T- we have had three, three so I'm going to look at yeah. number two. Number two. So Please? you step towards the eastern wall. There's a large painting on this wall. I'll send you a picture now. Uh, well, which way is east? That way. 
on the oh so this the, is the normal map no 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 I, I didn't know which way we entered uh, in the museum if from north is north we entered from the south is. okay okay um so it's a painting on the east wall uh it's a huge painting and depicting many people in grand attire on horses or holding candles um, as fireworks are beautifully depicted exploding in the background. And the thing next to it says Mughal Emperor Shah Jahan in marriage procession, 1740 to 1750 AD. Dara is mounted on a brown stallion with the traditional surah. The reception of the marriage procession is accompanied by music, dance, gifts and fireworks. Has has everything so far been related to the Mughal Empire? Mm, not the no. not the first one, right? But um, the the blade and the torque and now this. Um, these exhibits are all from different areas of India. Right. Okay. And this is enormous. This painting. Yeah. So right in the center, there's um, who it looks to be. Um, apparently, it's a, one of the emperor getting married. Um, there's like beautiful artwork in the background and several people on horses. Right. Okay. Horses. Okay. And um, and then finally, what's on number six? Behind door number six, uh, the on the two northern corners of the room. Sorry. The in the two northern corners of the room are two figurines, and they're dressed in uh, bright coloured clothing with gold uh, gilted pieces of armour, pieces of chainmail, and are bearing various uh, very ornate weapons, including spears, uh, daggers, and long curved blades. But there is no text card attached to it. Are these statues, or are they mannequins in costume? They're mannequins. Right, okay. So this is like uh, actual genuine armor. Yes. And does it look related to what's on the elephant in the middle of the room? No. Can we now speak about the elephant in the room? Would you like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were waiting for that, weren't you? Uh, would you like me to give you the, the information about the elephant Please in the room? Please do. Elephant armor from the Mughal Empire. It is a highly embellished suit with multiple metal plates covering almost the entirety of the head and body with sharp wavy blades that are strapped to the ends of the tusks. Designed for Asiatic elephants for the 16th century, it has over 8,400 plates and weighs more than 350 pounds, which is 158 kilograms to everybody who's not American. I don't know why they put pounds first. Because... Um, and if Connor were to spend some time investigating this elephant and the stand it's on, uh, might he notice anything more? Um, the only thing of note is that it's um, an actual taxidermied elephant and not like a, a mesh mock-up, which is a bit weird. Right, okay. Um, but not uncommon, I guess, at this time. Okay. Um, How'd they get it here? Exactly. It would take great means and probably hunting to bring such an elephant. And to taxidermy it, it's huge. Okay. Uh, can we hear anything? Can we hear any voices coming? Hmm. Uh, yes. You can hear um, some very low um, conversation. Right. From um, coming from the west side of the museum. And you can hear some very gentle humming coming from the east side of the museum. Uh, Maeve is going to go east because maybe the cleaning lady is humming while she cleans things. How very perceptive. Yes. Just make sure to avoid the Roman exhibit. 
I have a feeling the Roman one is in the west wing. Well, well Maeve does that. I think Connor's going to spend some more time in this room, mm-hmm. ruminating on things and <laughs> taking a look, see if anything comes out to him. Jacques? Sorry, I was thinking. Um, <clears throat> who has the letter? So, uh, do, you mind, do you mind if I uh, borrow it? Or? Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back and see uh, Mr. Baker. Mm-hmm. Who do you who do you want to do you want me to play first? Uh, yeah, sure. I think uh, you've probably spoken the least so far. So go no, ahead. don't worry, don't worry. I'm a, I'm a wee bit ill. Uh, Monsieur Baker, that is your name, I presume. Uh, oh, oh, um, um, yes, sir. That, uh, that, that, that's me. Monsieur. I... He, he looks a little bit fierce, like oh, never been called Monsieur before. <laughs> Monsieur, uh, <clears throat> I need. I need your expertise. I need something that maybe you are the only person that can help me with. Oh, um, wow. Uh, yeah, yes, I'll be much obliged if I can. And I pull out the letter and I slap it on the table. (laughs) I say, this was sent to my compatriot. You seem like a discerning man, a man who knows what is going around here and everything. Whose handwriting is this? Don't think about it. Say the first thing that came to your mind. So when you slapped it on the table, like he visibly jumped out of his chair. He looks, <laughs> he does not look very happy at all. Um, and he, he takes the letter and his hand is shaking now. Yes. And he's looking at it and he's like, oh, well, um, this is quite fancy. Um, I, uh... What do you call? What is it that you call? Um, Calligraphy. No, when you when it's joined up letters and not cursive. Yeah, cursive. he's like, I'm a, I'm sorry, sir, but uh, I I can't read cursive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that took me by surprise. Does that mean he can't read at all? No, he's probably used to like like very, very block letters. <clears throat> I mean, he must be able to read to be a guard, but this very fancy script, he's probably never seen. Mr. Baker. You seem very jittery. What is happening? There's there's all kinds of strange things happening these days, and I never put no stock in it, I did. Mr. I- Baker, please breathe yeah. in. <sighs> breathe out. <sighs> Don't worry, I am a doctor. I know what I am doing. Oh, 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 oh uh, doctor, uh, sorry. Uh, yes. Um, no. Yes. Has there been any change in your diet? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, actually, um, I haven't been able to eat properly the last days. Uh, my appetite has gone right off. Mm, interesting, interesting. Might I recommend, this is a little solution I have for you. Uh, uh, bread soaked in red wine. Red oh. wine, yes, yes. That um, should help you with the tremors, with the with the nerves, and also it might help you with the appetite and getting something inside of you. Just trust me. Oh well, well, uh, I, I, I'll certainly give it a go. I've just been having a nip of gin uh, here and there, mm. but uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly give it a go. British gin is not all it's cracked out to be. You need some French wine now. I understand you don't, you cannot read it, but surely you must recognize the calligraphy, the the ornamental uh, usage. We, it seems like this letter was sent from here. Have you seen something like this before? 
Uh, he picks it up again and he says, Well, the only person I ever see letters from from here is uh, Mr. Davenport. And uh, when Mr. Davenport leaves me a note, um, it's not in cursive, but um, can't see I recognize it. Mr. Baker, might you be able to tell me where the Roman exhibit is? Oh, yes, certainly, sir. That is uh, the exhibit hall on the west side. Excellent. And uh, behind the main hall, what is that? The, uh, the, In was- the, north. the water? In the north, behind the main hall. Uh, behind oh. the main... Am I not expressing myself correctly? Behind the main hall. Oh, oh um, 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 I'm sorry, sir. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a storage area. It it used to be an exhibit, but, um, well, since the staff started to dwindle, we, uh, we hadn't had enough people to properly curate all the exhibits. So uh, we, we closed it down. Interesting, Mr. Baker. If... We need to examine the storage. We are you the person to open it for us? Um, well, I I have the keys, yeah. Excellent. But I uh, I can't let you in without permission. Permission from who? From uh, from Mr. Davenport. Where is this elusive Monsieur Davenport? Well, l- last time I I saw him, he was uh. He was in the Roman exhibit talking with uh, Lord Winford. Monsieur Baker, do not go anywhere, but you have been most helpful. Merci, merci, Monsieur Baker. He looks a bit flustered and he's like, oh, um, well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, happy to be of service. Oh, and, and, and uh, listen to what uh, my compatriot Lloyd has to say. Vive la révolution! <laughs> I walk off. <laughs> That was good thinking, that, Doc. Cheers. Cheers. Merci, merci, merci. <laughs> da- so, uh, Davenport is the museum manager. Um, You don't know yet. Uh, what is Maeve up to? She was going after the um, cleaning lady. So she's walked into the east wing. Is she going through the, the north door or the south door? I see there's not a door directly. So she would go, I guess... North and then east, so through the hallway labeled Mm -hmm. I. So I can now give you the reading for the place that Jacques was asking about. Um, I could do if I wasn't missing a piece of paper. So basically it just confirms what uh, Mr. Baker said. There is like a, there's a huge set of ornate double doors that kind of are chained and has a thing across it. And on the side it... What did it say? It's got something like photography wing um, written on the side, but then a note underneath saying closed. Um, And sorry, on the door it says closed. Underneath that it says um, storage, staff only. So um, you're now heading into the north of the of the uh, east wing exhibit. Yes. Uh, First, I just give you the one for the room, and then particularly what's going on on there. Okay. So, uh, the East Wing. Uh, It's an exhibit hall stretching from north to south along the whole eastern side of the building. At the uh, top end, the room curves in a semicircle and there's a a dais on that with some form of shrine mock-up. 
Um, the sight uh, through the whole room is slightly blocked, however, because there's a huge um, Egyptian boat running through the center of the exhibit hall and several display cases along both walls and they seem to have uh, grave goods and various instruments. Um, you can hear a faint humming of a tune coming from this room. Uh, if you look a bit closer, you see this is coming from an older woman who is cleaning the display cases. She has long grey hair tied up in a frizzy bun on her head and a stained apron over her black simple dress suit. And then I have a little bit more of a description about specifically location H, which is the diorama. Yeah, that's what I'm closest to right now as mm -hmm. I walk into the room. So, so um, you see uh, a shrine mock-up. It uh, has at the back two large uh, statues, which are depictions of Osiris and Anubis, god of underworld and cemetery, respectfully. Um, then in front of them is like a semicircle of a row of canopic jars, and several of them are damaged and missing. And there's like a card next to it uh, explaining about the Egyptian rituals of uh, mummification and removable of organs and how they pr to preserve the body. Then uh, behind that, there's like a what looks like to be um, a sarcophagus with a lid uh, open, and there's like bits of bones and dust in the bottom. Uh, and it says, It was believed the body must be properly embalmed for the spirit to be able to come back again. But unfortunately, this was not to be for this person, despite their expensive procedure. Sadly, this mummy was not intact. Only some bones and wrappings scraps remain, and many of the canopic jobs are damaged or empty. In the middle of the canopic jars, there is uh, the heart, and there's a sign on it explaining that uh, the heart uh, would be put back into the body um, because it was believed that they would weight against the feather of mat to determine um, the weight of their uh, sins in life. Yep. So, Maeve, what are you up to in this uh, room? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What catches your eye? Uh, Maeve's going to make a beeline straight for the cleaning lady because she has questions. <laughs> Burning okay. questions. The cleaning lady is cleaning the case where that is labeled number three. Okay. So she's down what at the other end. What is in that case? I can tell you. As you get down there. And also, what's the cleaning lady's name? Because I plum forgot already. You, Ms. Milliner. Miss Milliner, Mil yeah. Milliner? Ms. Ms. Milliner? No, Miss Miller. Yeah. Miller or Milliner? Milner. I, th I uh, said Milner. Milner before, but I think I wrote down Milliner as in hat. Maker. No, um, oh, in G right now. So, in that uh, case, there is uh, various grave goods, most noticeably several mummified cats and a handful of golden scarabs. Lovely. So she's uh, she's cleaning. As you can see, she's humming to herself, and she's getting all like uh, what? She, there aren't actually any marks on the display case, so she's like rubbing at marks that aren't really Don't there. Exist. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, uh, actually, I can send you a picture of her. Ooh. So, this is Mrs. Milliner. She ah, yes. is um, a older lady, probably in her 60s. She's wearing uh, quite uh, plain, but pretty respectful clothing. She has uh, grey frizzy hair tied up in a bun, and um, yeah, she hasn't noticed you or anything. I'm going to approach her cautiously 
but I'm not trying to be super quiet because I don't want to startle her altogether. Mm-hmm. So I'll make sure my footsteps at least are heard on the marble as I walk. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, excuse me, are you the cleaning lady? And she stops humming, shooks around, and she goes, I only just cleaned up in here. Maeve gives her a smile. She's like, I'm not here to scold you. I have a question. Uh, all right. I found a dish of milk in the other room. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Mr. Baker said you put it there. Oh, yeah, that was me. Any particular Mm. reason why? Oh, yeah. Uh... I really tried to channel my Jordy accent and like, <laughs> I, knew, I, I could got hear you my going first line and now it's not coming anymore. <laughs> okay, I tried. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, she's a Jordy. Mm. Maybe I just channel her and not the voice now. Mm, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's the old ways. Keeps cleaning. <laughs> the, the old ways of what? I'm sorry, you're going to need to elaborate mm. a little. I'm uh, here to help figure out mm-hmm, the strange mm-hmm. happenings in the museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, my mother always taught me the old ways, so I do my best and I keep them up. Do mm-hmm. I know what she means by old ways? You could make me a logic uh, check and see, because maybe logic. maybe you've met someone who's used this term before, perhaps. Straight logic. Oh, no, you can, um, sorry, I forget which is which. Learning? Uh, Learning or maybe observation. Yeah, maybe observation would be better. Observation is empathy, so that's five. One success. One success. Um, Do you want to know from this what she means by old ways or some understanding of her demeanor? what she means by old ways okay then with your success I'll say you have met people before who've said this and it means they use it to mean people who keep traditions from back home from the old days usually in like in like making sure you put out milk for the fairies and uh, respecting um, the uh, rules between Vesen and humans Okay, so she, Maeve would know that this is Vason related? Yes, and that she seems to be someone who um, has been told this is what you do um, to respect sprites or something or whatever in old places or particular places. Uh, Where are you from, Miss? She like kind of prompts for the name. Hmm? Oh, um, Milliner. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Milliner, where mm-hmm. are you from? Oh, uh, Newcastle, if you couldn't tell from my <laughs> accent. <laughs> I'm from Newcastle. Does, I'm, because uh, Maeve is new to the country, so I'm trying to figure out if she would know where that is and if it's nearby or not. <laughs> Newcastle is in the north of England. Erica knows that. Does oh. Maeve know that? Okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, I don't know. You tell me if Maeve knows that. I don't think she does. Okay. Um, so she's just going to kind of cock her head to the side and say, is that near Scotland? Please ask if, if this new castle has been built anywhere near. <laughs> <laughs> she's not that stupid. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, um, 
Mm. Just uh, just before Scotland, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're so very far away. I have heard of relatives leaving out milk for fairies. Is that what this is for? Fairies, goblins, who knows? I've never seen one, but I never seen one, and they never bother me. Because I know the old ways. I see. Have you, uh, like Mr. Baker, experienced any strange things happening in the museum as of late? Oh, me? No, but like I say, I know how to show respect. So, they never bothered me. So, you believe that your offerings are working? Well, it's been working for the last ten years. Ten years you've been leaving out milk? Oh, yeah. Huh. Well, I'm glad it's working for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe your colleagues should learn a thing or two. I keep telling them, but they just, you know, they think I'm... think I'm loopy or something, you know? Of course. <laughs> yeah, you know. Crazy old lady, you know. But, you know, she taps her nose. I know the secrets that they do, and I'm fine. What other secrets would you say that they don't know that they should know, besides the milk, of course? Well, there are ways of showing uh, respect and not showing respect, and I try to tell them, but, you know, they don't listen, so... Okay, but besides the milk, what else do you do? To protect the museum and yourself. Oh, the museum just just doesn't need anything more than the milk. I mean, we've had a we seem to have had an understanding all this time, and they've never been unhappy with that. So, right. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, mm-hmm. and try not to overclean that display case. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Try not to track anything on my nice clean floors. Maeve holds out her hands innocently as if to say, do I look dirty to you? <laughs> she's all, and like, she turns away and she continues humming and it's like she's already like kind of forgotten that you're there. What a sweet old lady. <laughs> They're okay. all possessed. I figured that out. Maeve is going to inspect this room and see if she can find any kind of weird things that Mrs. Milliner has left about. Okay. Is there milk in here too? Um... I'm not going to make you roll for it because you know what you're looking for. Yes, there's also a saucer of milk in here. Just one? Just one. Okay, and I'm going to expect to find one in the West Wing as well. Okay, that's me done. What are uh, the boys up to? Yeah, Lloyd, what are you up to? Um, uh, ooh, I'm not I'm not super sure because everyone else had such good ideas. <laughs> and I don't you have ideas. You had such good ideas, recruiting people for socialism. <laughs> it's, not, it's not related, though. Uh, but yeah, I, I think so. when we enter the main room, Lloyd, um, as he often does when he re- comes to a new place, he stands outside the room for like a solid five minutes just looking, inspecting the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, he likes to know as much as he can before he finds himself in a place. Um looking around the main hallway he he's inspecting all the exhibits um partially looking for signs of ne'er-do-wells any like possible uh, attempts at forced entry like fingerprints on the glass this kind of thing mm. you can see he he's like he scowls at a lot of these exhibits um like he knows this is all stolen shit and it doesn't really belong here especially that big ass elephant that couldn't be more out of place. Uh, 
So yeah, he, he's looking for for general clues like this, um, and I, he, he stops longer in front of the painting because he recognizes the horses mm-hmm. uh, from what Henry was saying. Um, Henry just said he heard hoofs on the floor. He did indeed. And this is the only thing in the room that has that would I don't imagine if an elephant makes. Trotting, so <laughs> not, not, just imagining a, an elephant um, foot with like a little horseshoe on yeah. the bottom, delicately going. Tick, 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 tick. It was either a goat or an elephant. I heard. I couldn't can't be sure. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's like he's looking at this. Uh, you say this painting. Can you tell me about the painting again? It's it's about a, yeah. a, like a wedding procession. It's a wedding procession. Yeah. Uh, let me get my text. It is the Mughal Emperor Shah Jahan in his marriage procession. It says, Dara Shikoh is mounted on a brown stallion with the traditional surah. The reception of the marriage procession is accompanied by music, dance, gifts, and fireworks. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna examine the painting closer again, seeing if I can find anything suspicious. I'm looking for, I don't know if, how, <laughs> how ghosts or phantoms work in real law but in many things I've experienced, they leave ectoplasm. <laughs> <laughs> look for hoof prints on the frame. <laughs> so I want to look around near the painting for, for anything telling. I assume we've we've worked cases before. I'd know what I'm looking for in character, but I don't. I'm afraid I don't in, out of character. <laughs> fine. That's fine. Um, so Ghost spore. <laughs> actually, that is a thing. Do you think that you've, uh, do you think that you guys have dealt with a ghost before? Mm, Maeve I don't has, know. but Maeve, Maeve is has, not in the room. But Maeve's not there. Yep. Maybe not then, for the sake of empowering our ghost specialist. I, I actually, I have a, I have a question for for the, for the old boys, the old old. Oh my god, yes, the old boys. Um, how successful have we been, or have we only been scratching at the at the outside? You know, looking into cases, but never really taking it very far I think we're doing alright right that was the whole thing with the SSPP shooting us down because we were beating them to stuff mm, okay so we are we are we are we have even though we have no reputation we are somewhat uh, adept already okay it's good to know mm-hmm. merci okay so Lloyd I'm gonna say that um, make me a learning role hmm because I'll see if I can help you connect some dots. I did change my attributes around a bit to what I think makes more sense, because previously I put four in precision because I wanted to use guns, but I don't think new Lloyd that really works. Okay, that's fine. Just so... New new Lloyd. Okay. This new, turned over new leaf, <laughs> new got, year, uh, new got a shave and cleaned himself and up a bit. Mm, but what about uh, stealth? I'm not very good at stealth. Okay, good to I know. Am. I am. Uh, I'm a... Oh, I've got five physique. I'm a bit of a thug. I'm an ex-gangster. I don't do sneaking. Strunk thug. That's a six. I got one. Okay. Um, you don't notice anything strange about the painting. You don't notice anything strange about the room. Like as Jacques had pointed out, like there was no hoof prints or anything like that, and then there's no dust. But there doesn't seem to be anything like that. But the one thing that you could maybe connect the dots to is that one of the um, the torque item also had some relation to marriage. It said mm. that it was handed down to brides um, through generations. Cool, cool, 
because I definitely didn't pick up on that. The, what do you call it? A talk? Yeah, I mean, talks are, tra- talks are traditionally, in, in English, usually like the ones that um, Celts wore. But that's the actual text from the New Delhi website, and so I'm respecting what they say. Spelled like the spinning talk. T-O-R-C. Okay. Uh, sorry, was that finished or...? I don't know. What, anything else? Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't think anyone's left in here, right? So I'm just going to... Lloyd's doing his thing. I, th- I assume everyone's moved off to, to do their own thing. Lloyd's staying behind to try and get join as many dots as he can. Oh, we can move on if you want. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the voices in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm gonna be snaky about it. Snaky about it. Because um, I want to eavesdrop on what they're talking about. Okay, are you going in the north door or the south uh, door? Yes, I think so, because I would have only heard the voices when I got to that door, so I'd follow it down the hallway. Okay, so first, as I did with Maeve, I'll describe the room and then the the place, the special bit at the top. Right, okay. Um, so this is a long room stretching from south to north, and the northern wall ends in a hemispherical shape. Um, along the wall stretching the room are various display cabinets and uh, in the middle there's a like a large diorama of um, life-sized uh, models showing artists interpretations of Bodicea, her daughters and several centurions and at the north end there is um, a small dais with various photographs displayed along the wall and there's several um, additional life-size models in pagan and Roman dress dotted around the room. Um, at the top, I can give you the description of the gallery. Uh, along, this, along the curving wall there's a gallery of photographs recording the events of the excavation of uh, the potential or believed resting place of Bodicea. There are several images of men using heavy boring machinery to strip away the earth, and then a very direct view of a hole in a wall, leading to some kind of natural-looking chamber in the rock. There's various uh, bones sticking out of the ground and some Roman-looking shields and spears. And in the center of the dais, there's a small cabinet with a special collection of a couple of photographs, which claim to be the only images that exist of the cave that they found, the items believed to belong to Bodicea. It's a picture of a few bones, uh, a close-up of a golden talk, and a bent, twisted brooch, which appears to be in the form of a leaf. The accompanying text says they believe from historical records that these items, and thus these bones, belong to her, but they were unable to confirm this um, or confirm the cause of death because after the images were taken, the remains and artifacts somehow completely disappeared. Apart from the broadsword, which is kept in the museum. Also toward the north side of the room, there is a small man in a tweed suit, standing and pinching the bridge of his nose, looking very exasperated as he speaks to someone. The other man is a tall gentleman wearing a very expensive looking black suit and top hat. He has his back to you, but he appears to be writing in a notebook. And I will first send you pictures of both of these people. Is uh, Jacques in the room with you as well, or is it just Connor? I think it's just Connor, because 
I'm being. I may need his stealth, and I don't think Jacques is. Are you stealthy, Jacques? Not even a little. This is uh, man number one. This is man number two. What a nerd. (laughs) Ooh, he's sinister looking. Man number one, uh, he is a man in his uh, late 30s, early 40s. He's got brown hair slicked back and a thin pencil moustache, which is not on the picture, but I decided he has one anyway. And he has some um, pince-nez... I'm not pronouncing that, but pince-nez glasses uh, on his nose. It's like the ones that grip your nose and they have mm-hmm. no arms. Um, and one of them has like a microscope lens on it. And uh, he has a high collar shirt and quite a nice uh, tie, but the rest is wearing like a, a standard, like quite decent tweed um, outfit. You don't know him, but you can presume that this is the Mr. Davenport that was being referred to. The other man... Um, You can't see his face, but I will describe it for the audience anyway, because you know who this person is and you know what he looks like. So this person is very tall, he's very well dressed and has a waistcoat and frock coat. Salt and pepper hair, he uh, carries a cane and the most important thing, which is to the biggest of Connor's chagrin, is that he has got the most impressive moustache. And Connor knows, it's like frustratingly amazing. Connor knows it, he knows it, They bo- you both know that he has got the bigger, better moustache. Perfectly bushy and quaffed. It's pretty good, it's full. That man is who you know to be Lord Barnabas Hugo Winford III of Wilkesbury Smythe. What a mouthful. <laughs> All these names. Uh, can can I hear what they are talking about? Yes, you can. Um, can I give you a summary or do we need to do both voices? You need to do both voices. <laughs> uh, you can, of course, give us a summary if you'd rather. Though, if you do the voices, I do demand that you put a hat on for Lord Winford. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, should, I definitely need to have a hat in the future that I can put it on when I'm being Lord Winford. Um, I'm just going to give the description for now because I don't want to slow this down too much. Uh, So you can tell that Mr. Davenport is kind of looking exasperated and quite frustrated. Um, He's giving um, test, not testimony, but he's explaining what the others have, what uh, Mr. Baker said to him um, and that um, this is getting ridiculous. Um, We've already lost so much staff. Um, This can't keep happening. Uh, you need to take care of this. And uh, Lord, uh, Lord Winford is making lots of notes and mostly just kind of like, hmm, mm-hmm, yes, yes, of course. And um, making reassurances, most certainly we should be taking care of it. Um, I'm just deciding whether I walk in there or not. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't have to engage with Lord Winford if you don't want to. He's going to leave at some point. So right, okay. If it yeah. looked like if it looked like this was the end of their conversation, mm-hmm. well, then I would want to stay hidden and talk to Mister Davenport on my own. Okay. Yeah. Then if Connor, that's what Connor says to do. Choice. Then um, Lord Lord Winford gives a few more nods and then kind of looks to get a bit impatient. He's like, yes, 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 of course, of course. 
You know that we're on it. Just trust us. All right? You know that you can always depend on us. You always have. And then he flicks his notebook, puts it into his tailcoat pocket, taps his cane on the ground, and he says, Just be sure to take care of everything. We shall return shortly. And he leaves. folks if you enjoyed this please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice it'll help spread the word and also help others to find us too if you have any comments questions or just want to connect with us on twitter you can you can find us at at tales of podcast we'd love to hear from you the tales of podcast crew are erica as Maeve mckenzie you can reach her on twitter with at underscore erica fabio as connor o'leary Charles as Jacques de Beauregard. Mike as Lloyd. Everyone else and sound design was by me, Jan. You can reach me on Twitter with at thatlastjan. All music and sound effects used with permission and may have been edited or modified for use. Further details can be found in the show notes. <laughs> See you next episode! Bandits. Oh. Bandits. Bandits? Bandits nut. Cut that. Please cut that. <laughs> <laughs>